with the right behavior, results will happen, right? But if you go for results, it's not sustainable. I have earned the day tattooed on my finger here, and I put it on my first finger because every day is day one. People have these funny sayings like, oh, I'm gonna make time for that. Well, what if I told you you can't make time? You can only take time from the things that don't matter in your life to make time for the things that do. Breath control is stress control. How do I give them more tools for their health instead of the equipment that's given to them in the gym? Hello, hello. Welcome to the OPP. The Optimal Performance Podcast is brought to you by Natural Stacks. I want to talk to you real quickly about MycoBoost. This is one of our new products. It's one of my favorites. It is an amazing pre-workout product for any time you want a full body boost, a little bit of energy and vitality. It is Herba Mate and Cordyceps Mushrooms. Cordyceps mushrooms have been shown to increase endurance, increase ATP efficiency, and all that stuff really helps boost exercise endurance. We've got a lot of anecdotal evidence of 100 mile runners, crossfitters on the rowing machine. Anybody looking to get a little bit more out of their performance is loving MycoBoost as a pre-workout. From now until the end of the month of May, you guys can go to naturalstacks.com, uh, enter the promo code MycoOPP, that is M-Y-C-O-O-P-P, -P. save 20% on any single bottle of MycoBoost. When you do that, tag us on Instagram, Twitter, social media, whatever, let us know how much you love it and tell us what kind of benefit you're getting from it. And that's it, MycoOPP, use that code by the end of the month of May. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining, and epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. Adam Van Rothfelder, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so for you guys listening, Adam is an all-around health and fitness guru, expert, enthusiast, however you want to phrase that, all-around badass. He was recently a trainer on NBC's Strong. I want to start there. Okay. We'll, we'll cover your background and kind of how that happened if, if you want, but... Tell us a little bit about your experience on the show. And specifically, I want to know what was like your biggest takeaway from going through that experience? Ha. Yeah, my experience on the show, it was, it, was, uh, it was definitely interesting. Nothing that I thought it was going to be. Let's put it that way. You know, I'll preface that. When I originally got contacted by the casting agency, it had been the same casting agency for the last five years that has actually reached out to me to become a trainer on The Biggest Loser. And was there a reason you didn't pursue that? I didn't like the connotation of the show and uh, just kind of like the whole idea of biggest loser. And I, I, I try to stay like positive in so many things I do. Right. And putting that kind of message out there. I also didn't like the mass weight loss idea because I don't believe that that's, you know, sustainable. I kind of have this thing about going for behavior instead of results mm -hmm. and with the right behavior results will happen. Right. But if you go for results, it's not sustainable. So I view that as kind of a, a damning show where Strong had a very different premise. It was people who were a little bit overweight. You know, they had some, 
some moments of, you know, excellence in their past. You know, a lot of them were, you know, high school athletes or college athletes in some sense. So they had that and they were kind of trying to get that that essence back, right? And they lost it through being mothers or through just, you know, through life, being stressed out, you know, having bad relationships, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So I got the call and it actually, when it rains, it pours, you know? So I, I get the call for NBC Strong sometime in, it was right around April, like right around right now, right? Okay. And it was about a four to five month process between sending in some videos, I got flown out there, I had to take a psychological exam, an IQ test, like multiple. Like wow. I, I answered probably around 2,000 questions over the course of two days on written tests, DNA samples, all these things to basically make sure that we were healthy enough to train at the rate that we needed to mm-hmm. with a limited amount of rest, mm-hmm. psychologically fucked up enough to create good TV, right? Because right. like, if you're a totally normal person, you're not gonna make good TV, right? Good point. Yeah, so we all had like a certain kind of, you know, fucked up going on in our heads. Right. And we also all had like a really specific role. And when I first started, you know, going into the show and, you know, getting ready for it, here I am, I'm like, I'm gonna meet the other nine best trainers in the country, this is gonna be amazing, I'm gonna learn so much from these guys. I can't wait. I was kind of going in it, you know, really uh, optimistically. And when I got there, it became different. It was, welcome to the show. You guys are all competing against each other. And all of a sudden, gloves were off in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of fighting off camera in the sense of just, you know, different clashing personalities. But what do you expect when you put 10 of the best trainers in a, small confined space with not being able to leave, right? right? Like not being able to leave this resort in the middle of nowhere, you know, not even being able to go shopping for our own groceries. It was like workout, write your grocery list out. We go shopping for you. You cook your food and we tell you to compete when you compete. And at times it'd be like two in the morning, two in the morning. We'd been already, we'd already been, we, we'd already been up since 6 a.m., getting mic'd at 9 a.m. and here we are competing at 2 a.m. in the middle of the desert, freezing our ass off. Wow. It was So the show was crazy. However, I learned a lot from it. I learned that my way isn't always the best way, right? Like it's like there's other people that have their ways, let them be comfortable in their own thoughts, even if what you know is right is right, you know, like leave it to yourself at times. Mm-hmm. So the show was... Uh, Amazing learning experience, but it was different than I thought it would be for sure. And it was really hard to be away from my kids. You know, I was three months almost between being sequestered in a hotel for almost two weeks prior to the show starting to then being driven out into the middle of the desert Mm -hmm. and having our cell phones and everything taken away from us, only getting our phones on the weekends to call our significant others. Me and my wife, we just had our second baby. Right. So it's like Arrow, my second one is, you know, she was maybe two months old at the time. Even before that, I was gone for a week shooting for Versace. So that's why I said when it rains, it pours. Yeah. yeah. So I get this call for NBC and I get a call for Versace within like two weeks of each other. And the shoots and start dates are within two weeks of each other months later. 
So it was a really crazy summer. I ended up selling my gym because I knew I was going to be gone. I also didn't like my business partner. And uh, <laughs> so I, maybe he's not watching. Maybe he's not watching. No, we, we just, you know, we were together for too long. It was just like a relationship that needed to end, right. you know, and, uh, and at the same time I was evolving in my own practices and I wanted to create a facility that matched that. Right. It was a big summer. So a couple of things I want to highlight from that answer, you know, you said something that resonates with me because it, it matches something that we talk a lot about on the show where, you know, we want to focus on you said habits and behaviors. And for me, when I was coaching people, it's always focusing on your actions and not worrying about outcomes. Right. You know, you, you don't make your goals outcome-based. You make your goals action-based, things that you can control. And if you take care of the shit that you can control, then the outcomes will most likely, you know, turn out in your favor in the way you want them to. Of course. Yeah. And the other thing that, that you pointed out, uh, you know, the, the, the differences between things like Biggest Loser and Strong and the connotations of positivity and stuff. I think that's something that really stands out to me when I look at you and your message and what you do. So I want to build on that, you know, something that you said recently on a, on a post, the difference between motivation and momentum. Yeah. Talk about that for us. I feel there is no difference. Momentum is motivation and motivation is momentum. You know, I have this philosophy about life, you know, that I eloquently put in three words, earn the day. And I kind of look at this as how I've done everything, looking back to, you know, when I first started weight training at a young age, any of this stuff. What does that mean to you, earn the day? Earn the day. Earn the day, uh, it means a lot of things to me. You know, it, it's, it's situational almost. But what it, can, what, it, what it really means in like a broad sense is do your best, right? Like put in everything you have, perform at a, a perform at a place that you would be proud to like talk about and to like have that passion that creates that purpose. It really means a lot of things and I'm working on defining it even better for people to understand themselves. But for now it's, it's earn the day. The momentum, the, the, the motivation question is for me, people talk about that post. I, I remember that one really clearly. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite posts that I've put out so far because of the idea that everybody's always like, oh, it's Monday, let's get motivated, let's do this, let's do that. It's like, hey, it's Sunday, let's get motivated, let's do that. Hey, it's Saturday, it doesn't matter, right? I have earned the day tattooed on my finger here and I put it on my first finger because every day is day one, right? And that's the way I see it. So earn the day means I wake up, I do today just as I wanted to do yesterday, as I plan to do tomorrow, and it's to wake up and to do X, Y, Z, perform, be with my kids, all these things, and to not let anything else distract me. I feel that time is a commodity that we trade so like openly right. and without you know, even thought at times. Right, we, we definitely take it for granted. Right, and people have these funny sayings like, oh, I'm gonna make time for that. Well, what if I told you you can't make time? You can only take time from the things that don't matter in your life to make time for the things that do, right? We just got deep on the OPP. Boom, yeah, yeah. right. So right. When, I look at, when I look at people who are talking about making time, what they're actually talking about is time management right. and taking time and earn the day is that too, right? It's, 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 I call it the seven daily tasks to kick ass. What are they? The seven daily tasks are hydration, nutrition, exercise, recovery, education, creativity, 
and meditation. Do you have like a template or a strategy for how you build those into your routine? I do. Okay. Yeah. Right now, I'm actually putting that together in a more comprehensive manner. Um, we're looking at a couple of different tools for delivery, but Earn the Day will be launching very widely opened in a, in a little bit with tool. So when you say that, what, uh, when you say launch, like what kind of platform? Earn the website. day. Yeah. Right now you can actually go to earntheday.com mm -hmm. and there's just some basic stuff on there. Some really cool shirts you can pick up, you know? Um, I know I got to get you one, but basically earn the day is going to have the tools that are going to help you do those things. Okay. So that's kind of the goal is the tools to help you do those things. And I've, and I've teamed up with uh, Standesk. Yeah. which is a great stand desk company, yeah. and Voodoo Balance Boards. Sweet. And we're working together to kind of create this synergistic corporate wellness, um, entrepreneurial wellness mm -hmm. type programming for people to implement those seven strategies into their day. It'd be great if you could partner with somebody that could help with like neurotransmitter balance and you know, optimizing the brain and things like that. So. Totally. Like a natural stacks product. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Magic um, is happening, folks. Coming soon. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, Earn the Day is going to have an interesting platform where we're just going to share the things that have helped me so much in my life and then to continue to bring on specialists because Earn the Day is not about Adam von Rothfelder. Right. Right. Just like natural stacks isn't about Ryan. Right. Right. It's, it's a product that's out there to help other people. Exactly. And Adam von Rothfelder is available for online coaching, personal training, like I can do guest spots, I do talks, yada, yada, yada. But Earn the Day is a bigger picture. The idea is to bring in other specialists that know even more about meditation or even more about hydrating, you know, to help us learn something bigger, something yeah. greater. Yeah. So take us through like your daily routine. How do each of those components fall into your day? Okay. Meditation. I'm not somebody who can stand still. I'll start with meditation, right? Mm -hmm. So I'd start every morning with 10 minutes of balance work. Balance to me is what I call the act of meditation. So it's actually a moving meditative state that creates innate movements and functions that allow you to find your center emotionally, mentally, and even physically because you loosen up in certain ways that you have to. So meditation, I start with that 10 minutes in the morning of balance work. So that's kind of my, that's my place, right? That's my piece. Okay. I was sitting down with Ray Lewis yesterday and I had a cigar with him. And why didn't you call us? I know, I know, I'm sorry. Okay. It was very impromptu. So I had a cigar with him and he told me this really great story. And uh, I don't want to take his story, but he told me this great story and we had this moment together. And for him, a cigar is his meditation. Right, so meditation is something a little different to everybody. Right, I'm with you. I don't sit still well. Yeah. So I've always preferred moving meditation, whether it's hiking or hell, even riding on a lawnmower or a tractor. Yeah, you know, totally. You, you can you can doing get the into dishes. That state. Doing the dishes yep. is an amazing uh, one. Bikram yoga is one for me. Okay. Uh, because it's that that balance and that moving stuff. I want 27 moves, not 26. So I have a hard time with Bikram. I need 27 moves. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, just kidding. It's uh yeah no I just need a little change up for me. Bikram is great. Uh but yeah so so that's the first 10 minutes of your day. For the first 10 minutes of my day is that. Okay. And while that's happening, I'm either steeping my tea or I'm steeping coffee in my French press. Right. So it's like I wake up. I drink a couple glasses of water to get my system moving. I get on my voodoo balance board. I sit on that for 10 minutes. 
I have different, a couple of different like moves that I like to play with for, you know, after I'm warmed up. Mm -hmm. But the first 10 minutes is me just kind of like blanking out, staring at a wall. Um, I even play with uh, a certain type of meditation. It helps me, basically you stare at something, you know, about five feet away from you. That's like a centralized point. And then you soften your eyes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you let the peripherals in Mm -hmm. and it creates this like vortex that pulls you in to your mind. And uh, I was telling my friend about it and he goes, oh, it's, that's blah, blah, blah meditation. I go, I'm doing a thing that I didn't know was a thing. That's awesome. (laughs) Right. Right. So, and that's what focus, focusing when you're balancing kind of did for me. It helped me find that meditative place that I didn't know was a thing until I found it was like a multiple, you know, thousand year old practice of a form of meditation. Right. Okay. That uh, hunters would use. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. So um, that's my meditation. Uh, my hydration, I already started talking about. Yeah. So first thing I do is three glasses of water. I restructure my water. So I put it through a like a water restructure. It's like a little tube with all these little swirls in it. Yeah. So I restructure my water. You know, it's funny. A lot of things I use, I'm not like trying to make money off of or I'm not trying to plug. You know, I'll find it on Amazon and I'm right. like, oh, perfect. That's the thing I was looking for. Yeah. Awesome. So that helps with my, my water, the restructuring yeah. it. Yep. I actually learned that from Darren Olian, mm-hmm. who is a superfoods specialist, yeah. uh, wrote a book called uh, Super Life, really mm-hmm. good dude, just kind of restructuring, cre- creating an oxygen absorption rate, right? You know, making that the water actually like absorb, right. right? In the body. And a lot of people don't, they're like, wait, what? Like, you can't just drink water? Well, you could when it came from a river. Right. And the rocks were circulating it and changing it, but like now you don't absorb the minerals and and the things and you know and then I put electrolytes in my water. That's you know that's the second thing. So it's like I'm I'm restructuring. I'm putting electrolytes. What are you putting in and in what amounts? I'll give you those notes. I, I it's like <laughs> it's like you know two pumps. I have it dialed in. Okay. okay. Yeah, I have it dialed in. I don't know what the milligram dose is, but okay. it, it took me a while to find the right electrolyte blend. Okay. I get those actually from the Human Garage okay. here in California, which if you haven't heard of, I would love to introduce you to those people. The Human Garage is amazing. They're doing crazy things. Field trip this afternoon. Field trip, totally. They're okay. right here, actually, right on Washington. Very All close. Right. All right. So, um, and then the third thing that I add to my water is a molecular hydrogen pill. Like if I'm taking my water to go, yeah. I pop like a pill in like two different bottles mm-hmm. and the re- it restructures the water through an effervescent because after I restructure the water and I let it sit for a while, right, I'm like thinking like, okay, maybe I should need to add more hydrogen to it possibly so it can absorb greater. Right. You know, and my science is not perfect on it, but I feel really good and I... I feel recovered and I, my workouts are way better when I do these things, you know, in this order. So I, you know, I have hydration, then uh, recovery. Recovery usually comes right after the exercise, but not always, right? Sometimes you travel and you have to recover properly. Mm-hmm. My favorite tools for recovery are a Mark Pro. Yep. So I use a Mark Pro. Um, okay. I use that on my clients, on myself. New Fit is awesome, but... That's uh, not available in LA, right? but uh, the Mark Pro is great. It's a readily to use capable thing that you can take on a plane with you, put the pads on your back, pump that lymphatic system, make sure you don't get any tightness in the areas from sitting on a plane for five hours or the tightness you get in your hamstrings after hammering some 450 pound deadlifts. I've done both of those things in the last 48 hours. And I bet you're feeling like my hamstrings were not happy when we walked for coffee this morning. Yeah, yeah. I bet. I Between bet. sitting five hours on a plane from East Coast to West Coast yesterday, squats and deadlifts the day before. So yeah. I know exactly what you're you talking about. You need a Mark Pro. 
those are amazing. They really are. They, they take care of you and uh, they're in the sense of just like pumping that lymph node system. But then the Mark Pro Plus actually has this great tool that allows you to basically shock your nervous system so that you don't have like the pain from like a possible injury. So it kind of, it's almost like acupressure in a way, like right. stimulated acupressure. It's just a different frequency that hits your muscles differently. Okay. And it kind of lets the nerve relax through submission in a sense, right. right? Like if you just choke the nerve out, eventually it'll be like, okay, I'll let go, yeah. right? And then your, your, your pull something or your tight something doesn't feel the same way. Right. So that's recovery. I also use the balance board for recovery too. Okay. I do some breathing practices mm-hmm. uh, when I drive. So I do a lot of breathing when I drive. Okay. A friend of mine has a great saying, breath control is stress control. Yeah. She said that to me. And when I, when I think of my most stressful moments, it's sitting in a car yeah. a lot of the times. Especially in LA traffic. Especially in LA traffic. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm new to it. You know, I'm not like, oh, this is LA traffic. I'm like, this is LA traffic. You know, like, <laughs> right. fuck. Right. So I, I definitely need to do that breathing. Mm-hmm. Pranayama breathing, three seconds in through the nose, six seconds out through the nose. Mm-hmm. And I just get this nice rhythm. You know, if traffic is crazy, I put an app on that helps me keep the rhythm just in case I lose it. It's just called Pranayama. It's a free app on iTunes. There's one in the Android thing. It's really great. You can change your breathing rates too and tempos and stuff as you advance, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put that app in the show notes as well for you Yeah. You know, so we have hydration, we have recovery, meditation, and then exercise, movement, right? Not all exercise is movement, but all movement is exercise. So when I look at exercise, it could be a one-hour walk, while I'm doing a business call to deadlifting, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's a wide range for me. Right. And I'm a busy dad. I drive 30 minutes to get to the gym in the morning. So I'm not getting a a. 5am workout in, you know, I get to the gym at like 530. My first client's at six. I do some stretching, you know, this is like, I've already done my balance work. So I do some stretching. I'm, I'm active. I'm moving around, maybe doing some rubber band stability type stuff for my shoulders or my hip or if I'm flossing something, I'm kind of doing some extra ancillary things. But uh, my workout usually doesn't come until the afternoon, which is really tough after I've been training people all morning because like you only have so much output, right? And what's weird for trainers that a lot of people don't realize is that it's like a pull-up. If you do a pull-up with like a rubber band that assists you, your nervous system is, is getting the same signal right? Like I just did a pull up, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if you go through multiple training sessions in a day, even though you didn't work out, your brain went through workouts, right? So it doesn't want to do a sixth workout today, you know? So it's very hard to wrap your mind around doing another workout. So sometimes that just becomes like a walk for me. Uh, So I would say like, I get at least two hours of activity in every day, but I get about two hours of weight room conventional, I'm focusing on muscle or strength or whatever a week, about okay. two hours. Okay. So I say to people, like, if you could do 30 minutes a day of strength training, that's really all you need. Yeah. I mean, I've maintained 205 pounds body weight, a 450-pound deadlift with that philosophy for the last two years. With a lot of travel and a lot of other commitments. Yeah, a lot of travel, a lot right. of commitments. I mean, you know, five hours of sleep, six hours of sleep a night. I mean, I got two daughters that are three and two years old. Right. You know, I mean, like, what's worse than twins? Irish twins. 
right? Like they're 14 months apart from each other. Yeah. You know, so it's like one's getting off the bottle, one still wants the bottle. So then the one that's getting off the bottle is like, why does she have the bottle, right? So it's like, uh, right? So it's yeah. like, we're not potty training a three-year-old and a three-year-old. We're trying to potty train a three-year-old and a two-year-old, yeah. right? And then the two-year-old just doesn't get it, right? So she's still in the diaper. It's just like, it's, it's, it's just not matching, yeah. you know? In a couple of years, it's going to be like, they're in school and they're yep. no longer peeing and pooping in their pants. It's they'll, great. They'll be best friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicking ass in the school together. Exactly, yeah. right. So with all of your experience training people, coaching people, the, the way that you got to see people on the show strong, What's one of the common roadblocks that you know our listeners may encounter trying to implement some of these seven pillars of, of health or fitness? I think people mess up by overanalyzing, right? And overtraining. We overdo a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So we overdo the physical and we underdo the mental. Mm -hmm. Right? So we 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 like don't recover enough. Right, and, and, and recovery is mental as much as it is physical. Right. So we don't recover enough and we don't eat enough and then we overtrain and then you know, hormonally we're off because of cortisol and stress and all these things are kind of being thrown around. Whenever people ask me who are currently working out, like why am I not seeing progress? I usually think it's because they're overtraining. If you overtrain, you, you get you know, like you get the stress while well, your lymphatic system is such a huge part of weight loss, right? So if you're like retaining mm -hmm. toxins mm -hmm. and all these things in your lymph nodes, well, then you're going to look like you're fat, even though you're not. And mm -hmm. you're going to feel fat. I mean, like there's all these things. Yeah. And you know, one of our, I think the, the quotes that sticks out to me most from one of our previous podcasts was, it was actually Dr. Raleigh Duncan. It was on our episode about saunas he says you know your body will not devote resources to recovery if it thinks it's being chased by a saber-toothed tiger right and you know if you have toxins if you have issues you know anywhere that your body is trying to you know expel or recover from or, or do any of that stuff it's going to devote the resources to that not to building muscle or you know burning body fat or you know all those other things that we may pursue with our fitness goals right yeah 100 percent. i mean you know and i don't say that you know and like the whole overtraining and the lymph and all these things i say this from experience you know like a lot of people they're exposed to like this polaroid type world like we're, we're only seeing the photos of like great things mm -hmm. right well when my dad died three years ago and he was in and out of the hospital for three years before that struggling through leukemia and mm -hmm falling and like having to have open brain. I mean, like literally his brain had to have surgery while he's like six to eight months away from dying because he fell and hit it. I mean, like all these things were going on. I'm owning a gym. I'm teaching 20 plus classes a week, training clients in my off time. And I had to kill myself to stay lean. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was overtraining. I was, I was destroying myself. I went and got a hormone test, uh, like a whole blood panel. And at the time, I'm 31 years old, my dad just died, and my testosterone levels were below 400. They were like 250, something like that. I was like a church mouse. I mean, but yet I'm still deadlifting 450 pounds, you know? So I, 
here I am, like, why would my testosterone be so low at a young, you know, at a younger age? Like all these things like cortisol, like stress, like all these other things that we don't take into consideration. So we have a bad day and we go and fucking work out like harder because we want to, you know, put it behind us or whatever it is. But I bet that same guy about the saber tooth tiger also understands that, you know, it's the physical is also mental and the mental is physical and whether or not you're being chased by your 300 pound boss for those TPS reports, or you're being yelled at by your 300 pound trainer to lift 500 pounds, it's one and the fucking same. Right. The same stress of getting punched in the face is the same stress of being told you're a fucking piece of shit and that you lost your job. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that is the, that's one and the same. So that stress level, physical or mental, is going to affect physical. It's right. going to affect the physiology. Right. So I think we just need to remove ourselves from stressful situations and overtraining. And I think that we would all be a lot less overweight. So, I mean, let's say somebody came to you and, and was hitting up against that obstacle or that roadblock. How would you lay the blueprint for them to, what, what should they do in that situation? Instead of hitting that workout or you know, adding to, how, how can they remove or reduce that stress? That's why I started, that's why I started incorporating movement into my training. I kind of have like a methodology of, you know, my training. I mean, not kind of, I do. It doesn't particularly have a name, but I, you know, it's, it's move, lift, fight, right? Okay. And fighting could be actually me teaching you Muay Thai or some jujitsu or doing some Tai Chi. Lifting is the, you know, the sense of obviously, you know, any type of lifting, whether you're doing pull-ups, right? Uh, a pull-up is a lift, right? Okay. Whether people... It's not body weight training. It's it's a lift, right? right? Like people miss. Oh, I'm going to do some pull ups for my warm up. Oh, really? You're going to do a, a like a three rep max for your warm up, because like most people can't do more than three clean pull ups, and yet they're doing that for their warm up. Right. Right. So I teach all my clients, anybody who came to me, say this person who comes to me, I teach them movement first, move, lift, then fight. Okay. Right. So the movement comes in for the moments that they need to know a greater awareness of physical self so that they can express what it is they're feeling without having to isometrically load their body under weight for the same type of relief, right? So teaching somebody to do cartwheels and rolls and to move their body in certain ways is like teaching somebody how to dance. Now that's like, whoa. Like I don't dance, <laughs> right. right? But everybody moves, right. right? So teaching somebody how to move better gives them a greater capacity, right? For their ability to express themselves or to release stress without putting more stress on. I really got into Edo Portal and MoveNat and all this you know, type of movement stuff a couple of years ago after exiting a professional world of fighting, right? Because it was all very close. Like none of these people created any of this. I was crawling on a mat, you know, in a quadrupedal position 10 years ago before any of these people existed. Right. And they were saying what they were saying on the internet in jujitsu practice, right? In wrestling in seventh grade, I was doing bear crawls, right? None of this is like new, right? right? But these movements are really good for us and they're low impact, they're low stress and they're fun, mm-hmm. right? And play is part of movement. Mm -hmm. And a good friend of mine, Rafe Kelly, who has Evolve Move Play, which is a really great program, he explains the importance of movement and play and how it evolves us and how it makes us better as people. 
you know, and that is the type of thing that I try to look for for people is how do I give them more tools for their health instead of the equipment that's given to them in the gym, right? Give them more so they can do more with less. Yeah, I really like the word that you used in there, play. And I think that it may sound like semantics, but but there's a huge difference in the way that we approach and what we get out of an activity that is play versus a workout. Right. Or you, know, I feel like I have to go to the gym and I have to do this. I have to beat myself up. I have to do this. You know, that is like you said earlier. That's a stressor. Whereas, you know, one of the things I did when I first started my gym, I had a mentor that said, "You're not doing anything fun for yourself." You know, so he made me go to Toys R Us and buy a toy. Any toy. It's like, just buy one toy. Nice. So I bought a giant wiffle ball bat, you know, like not the skinny yellow one, but like right, 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 right. And uh, a little wiffle ball dispenser and uh, just went out to a a park and, you know, this thing's chucking wiffle balls at me and I'm playing one man home run derby. And it was a blast. Yeah. It was exactly what I needed at that moment. That's awesome. And it's, it's what you're saying is try to find that balance and, you know, that was still movement. I'm still outside. I'm, I'm exercising. I mean, right. we, can, we can build in all the biohacking stuff. You can go out, you can do it barefoot so that your feet are connected to the earth and you're grounding and you're getting negative ions and, and you're moving and you're smiling and you're having fun. And Right. Oxytocin, yeah. all these great things are happening, right? So dopamine play helps you develop without stress, mm-hmm. right? So like if you go out and swing a baseball bat, it's transverse movement, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're turning your hips over, you're doing all these other things, it's dynamic, right? It's power, right? There's all these great things that are exercise and we can make all these play or these movements exercise. I mean, you could do a Cossack squat and it's like, this is exercise now, right? I'm doing right. Cossack squats. Right. Or you can lunge for somebody that you're trying to tag mm-hmm. and you go into a Cossack squat. Well, it's no longer a Cossack squat you were just trying to make the play. Right. Right. And I think that's kind of the disconnection. And I, you know, to, to, to finish that thought, I look at CrossFit and I know that CrossFit is playing, right? But it's not fucking playing. The, the mindset is not playing. The mindset is not playing. Right. Nobody's playing there. Right. There, there's a game that's happening, but nobody's playing. Right. Everybody is very serious. People are more serious in CrossFit than on the NFL field. Like those guys are like pushing each other, talking shit because they get, they get, they get 40 seconds afterwards and that's fun for them, right? Like nobody gets to play during CrossFit. I have nothing against CrossFit, but what's interesting is that so many, I, I've actually been doing some CrossFit workouts like one a week at Deuce because uh, it like helps me just kind of like break free like mm-hmm. and really let somebody else kind of get in control of like what I'm doing, mm-hmm. which is another thing. You know, if you feel like you're in control of your own training all the time, you're probably not progressing right or you know in the way that you should be right Right. even beyond crossfit like bodybuilding training it's nearly masochistic Mm -hmm. right like there were people that were locked up a thousand years ago for doing those things to themselves putting themselves i mean like through torturous type activities to the point where your legs collapse under you and you're on the floor breathing there are people that have been tortured less hard in wars, I'm sure, than some of those workouts. Yeah. I did 17.4 the other, like a couple weeks ago during the Opens. Oh, the, the CrossFit Open workout. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm proud of how far I got because it was the first time I did a CrossFit workout or any type of workout that made me sweat to that level mm-hmm. in years. Because like I'm like, I, I take my fitness like I'm grocery shopping. Like I do the deadlift, I stretch, I move around a little bit. I'll do one more set. 
Why not? You know, it's like, for me, it's not, oh, I mean, I got five more sets. I got this. I got, it's like, I go by feeling, right? Right. So I'm doing this 17.4 and I'm doing pretty well. And I get to the handstand pushups at the end and I got to 22 of them, right? And I was supposed to get 55. So I, I think if anybody knows what the 17.4 is, it's 55, 225 deadlifts. Okay. It's 55, 20, 20 pound, 10 foot wall balls, a 55 calorie row, and then 55 handstand pushups in under 13 minutes. Intense, right? Right. And then I see people on Instagram the next day that got to the second round of deadlifts. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like I couldn't even get to 30 handstand pushups. Right. And I consider myself in really great shape yeah. in a lot of ways. But here are these guys that are like hardcore CrossFitters that are like getting into that second set of deadlifts. And you're, I mean, that is... That's on a whole nother level. Yeah, it is. There are some phenomenal athletes in, in yeah. CrossFit. So. Yeah, and they're not playing, right? No. no. And I mean, some of those guys I'm sure have fun, but they don't have fun like the way that like somebody flying through the trees and, you know, standing on a slack line and, you know, doing that type of stuff. And there's a lot of great hybrid athletes in this area who do yeah. CrossFit and then they're out on the beach surfing. And, yeah. and then there are a lot of guys who are just like, they're just doing that sport and they're, you know, they're... They're getting you know, better at something. It's funny. I, I think the intent on a lot of those things is is what makes it play or not play because, you know, you could take one of those CrossFit guys who's surfing on the weekend and the surfing is play for him. Right. But then you could take somebody like a Kelly Slater or, or any other competitive surfer. Right. And maybe surfing in a competition isn't play. Totally. But if they went to a deuce and did a CrossFit workout, maybe that is play. Right. Well, and that's that whole, like, not every exercise is movement, but all movements are exercise, right? Right. That's kind of like that whole thought. Like, it can go. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of up to you, the listener, to say, like, you have to kind of audit what you're doing and, you know, look at what, what is it that you do that isn't play. Right. And maybe find something that is still movement but could be considered play. Yeah. To find that balance for yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it could be something as simple as throwing a ball against the wall and yeah. like and trying to catch it and jump at the same time. You know, you know and throw it all it, in one catch. You yeah, know? And it's when, like little basic things. Yeah, when you say that, like that's I mean, I grew up doing that stuff. I mean, this was, you know, before we had the internet. Oh yeah. You know, before when, video games were as advanced as they are, right. cell phones. And you used to do that stuff all the time. I, I'd go outside and just throw a ball up against the wall all the time. Right. I mean, did you ever get in trouble for throwing a tennis ball against the garage? Yeah, I yeah. broke I broke several glass windows on the garage door with right. a basketball like, or why or, was throwing a tennis ball at the garage fun? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, it was play, right? Right. I mean, like, that's all it was. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine being at a point in my life now where it's like, I'm going to go outside and do that. Right. But I spent hours doing that. Yeah. As a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. All right. Adam, you mentioned that you have children. And this is a question that we're asking people on our hot seat episode. But I'm, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on this one would be. If you could only teach your kids one lesson. Earn the day. Earn the day. Okay. I'm not surprised. But, okay. Yeah. How would you explain it to them? I explain it to them through action. So mm -hmm. when they're at home, so right now my, you know, my wife is, is uh, Mother Teresa in a sense. She lets me do all these amazing things that I get to do traveling around the, yeah. the world, being on NBC and Versace, like behind every man is a, is a stronger woman or, or man, whatever. But I think that um, we have instilled in them a certain type of like philosophy. We, we open up their windows at 7am. You know, we don't let them sleep in. The kids see at least two hours of park every day. 
every day. Nice. Two hours of park or two hours of pool. Nice. Right? Sometimes two hours of park, two hours of pool. Right? Like they get at least one hour of art time a day. I take uh, my three-year-old to jiu-jitsu with me. I'm trying to subliminally train her, you know, so she, I, she sits on the couch and she watches me and she doesn't like other guys messing with me. She gets, she's like, she's like, I don't like that. He's, he's wrestling daddy, you know? So, I mean, they're already, they're seeing it and they're learning it without me having to teach it to them. I think that like what we could do as parents and for those that are young parents or like about to become parents is that as a parent, you have to know that you can't teach your kids shit, Right. You have to show them shit and let them pick it up themselves. Because I know that my dad couldn't tell me nothing Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, Mm -hmm. right? So when I look at that, it's more about leading by action. If you really want your kid to have good grades, why don't you exemplify what it looks like to be dedicated to something in front of them? Because when you're gone and you're at work, that doesn't mean shit to them, right? Because they go to school eight hours a day. You go to work eight hours a day. So what? Like if you want them to do an hour of homework, maybe you should turn off the TV and do an hour of reading, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you should, you know, lead by that action, like take them somewhere to go do their homework, like a park, right? Those are the types of things that I see and that's how I try to teach my kids and that's how I see them earning the day already. Yeah, that's beautiful. So with with everything that you do, I mean, we know how hard you work and, and like you said, when you're gone, your kids don't see it. It doesn't mean shit to them. So how, what are some of the things that you do when you are around them and when you are at home to, to demonstrate that? Well, we all have a voodoo board. Okay. So everybody in the family has a voodoo board and we leave all of our exercise equipment just kind of laying around. Like I have a, I have an earthquake bar in my living room for voodoo boards, a soft plyometric box, okay. like rubber bands, like things like that. And the kids just pick up the stuff and play with it. They have, there's like as much exercise equipment as there are like little girls toys. Right, but they actually prefer the exercise equipment, the foam rollers, and mm-hmm. they like to balance and stand on them. So a lot of the times, what I do when I get home is I pick them up, I you know give them give them the hugs and the kisses, ask them what they did today, I make them tell me something that they learned, you know, or something that they've done. And if they say I don't know, I'm like you know, you know, it's like <laughs> tell me something, you know, yeah. get them to be accountable for like what they what they're learning, yeah. and then we take them to the gym with us. And they know that we're going to go work out upstairs and they like sit in the daycare. You know, I, I sit there and I, I'll read with them. I do art with them. You know, so a lot of the things that I expect them to do, I just do with them, right? Because they're three and two. Mm-hmm. When they get to a point where they're older, we'll like have independent study in a sense where they'll, you know, they'll, they'll be doing their thing while I'm right there doing my thing, you know, and we'll have a half hour of quiet time or I wrestle with my daughters a lot. You know, I, I, I do whatever I can to teach them something and to be a part of an experience, right, at the same time. So if it's crafts or if it's wrestling or if it's pool or if it's play, like I'm not the parent sitting on the bench while the park is in action. I'm the one chasing them or going down the slide with them or showing them like a cooler way to slide or like, you know, just trying to embody a kid mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. and lead that way. A couple more questions for you and yeah. then uh, and we'll close this one out. So. What would you tell the 25-year-old version of yourself right now? Run! No, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, what would you tell the 25-year-old version of yourself right now? Run! No, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I wish I wouldn't have gotten hit in the face so much. I got a fucked up neck now. You know, so I, you know, I fought from... I started fighting when I was 22, when my brother died. 
died unexpectedly of a drug overdose and heard this ad on a radio at 22 years old and never had a, any type of fighting background and joined this tournament and I happened to be good at it and just kind of like next seven years of my life, I was a fighter. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. And uh, I, I wish I would have kept my hands up a little bit more. And I think that that's even like a, that's even like an analogy for life right. though, right? Right. I, I jokingly say it was for getting punched in the face and that's like partially serious. That's like 20% of it. But the other 80% is, you know, protecting myself and letting less people into my life, putting putting a little bit less out to those that, you know, didn't reciprocate. Right. And, you know, and just enjoy myself a little bit more. Okay. I, I wish I would have had like a little bit more fun, you know, when I was in my early, t- I, took, I took a lot of things very seriously. At a really young age though, things got really serious for me. Right. You know, getting right. a, having your brother die in your bed when you're 22 years old really alters. Changes, changes your 20s. It really did, yeah. Right. Yeah, and then, you know, and then right when I was getting over it, my dad got diagnosed with leukemia. So, I mean, it was kind of, I've been really fucking serious for too long. Like, yeah. and I'm starting to, like, loosen up a little bit, you know, just with some certain stuff and some certain friends. And, you know, they're kind of disconnecting from, like, having to be, you know, Mr. 8-Pack and having to, like, this and that, you know, just being able to kind of, like, I don't always got to be that, right. you know? Right, So, it's... Uh, finding that balance. Yeah, have yeah. a little bit more fun. You know, and I, I, I would have traveled a little bit more, okay. but I'm still super young. But like 35 with kids, it's hard to travel right now. Right. So um, I, I definitely would have like maybe like been a vagabond. I have this like whole thing that I really want to live out of a van yeah. for a year. Um, I want to build like one of those like a uh, Mercedes kind of like vans where like the huge like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sleep in it. And, and you could sleep in it with just... like your whole family if yeah. you wanted to and camp and then drive to the next spot. I really right. want to do that. I, 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 that's kind of my plan for a book tour. Okay. So I've been writing a book slowly. Uh-oh. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we can't wait to hear more about that. Yeah. When it's ready, come back on the show. We'll yeah, talk for about sure. The book. For sure. Uh, where can our listeners find more of you? Right now, uh, if you check out vonrothfelder.com or just follow me on Instagram, social media. Um, What's the handle on Instagram? At vonrothfelder. And then at earn the day. Earn the day is uh, just getting its you know its roots uh, in the sense of its own entity, but I have a social media channel on there, and I'd love for people to follow with daily tips and okay. uh, advice and just kind of little things like that. Or you can find me at Deuce Gym yeah. in, uh, in Venice here. Okay, so you mentioned tips. Got to close the show with your top three tips to live optimal. Okay, my top three tips: cannabis. Cannabis is one of my top three tips. Whether it's THC or CBD, okay. there's something there for you. Okay. Um, I believe that it helps combat stress. Mm-hmm. I believe it helps with creativity. It helps with recovery. It helps with joint pain. There's a lot of amazing things about CBD. I'm not even going to go like controversial and talk about THCs, but okay. like CBDs, cannabinoids are amazing. Um, they've really helped me with my ADD. Mm-hmm. And with just, um, not depression, but like just like mood, mm-hmm. you know, in a way. I've never been depressed, but like, I mean, life gets you down sometimes. Right. You go through some shit and having some CBD really helps out with that. Okay. It really calms the nerves yeah. in a way. Okay. So that's one tip. My second tip is balance. Balance daily. Whether it's on one foot, two feet, standing on a slack line, 
right? It doesn't have to be high risk, but if you just change the perception of your balance a little bit, it will increase the feedback and the results that it gives you. So simply standing on a two by four that's laying on the ground, that's only at what, an inch and three quarters from the floor, just that little bit of perception change can alter a lot of things for you. And just standing on that two by four for you know 10 minutes, walking back and forth, forwards and backwards without falling off of it, mm-hmm. right? All the way to something more complex, like a voodoo balance board. They make you know easy ones to use. I am promoting voodoo balance boards, but not because I like make money off of them. I'm promoting them because they're the best balance board out there. They have a low safety risk, like all those things, which are really important for me when I give any type of training to anybody. Right. Because let's face it, any clients or people that, you know, most people that are, are buying you know, your product aren't looking to be the next Rich Froning. Right. They're just looking to be able to lift their kid up, go surfing on the weekend, go climbing on a Tuesday with their buddies, and have the resemblance of a man's physique, right? Like, right, right. you know, like uh, of the Greek statues in some sense, right? Yeah. Like they don't, they're not like, oh man, I'm, I gotta be the best at this. You know, I mean, not to say that they don't wanna be the best, but that's not their, it's not their plan. Right, right. So, um, so balancing is my second one. Okay. My third one, to live optimally, keep your wife happy. Okay. That's how you live optimally. That well, definitely has helped me. Well, we could expand that into just, you know, making sure the relationships with the people you care about in your life are, you know, uh, on point. Totally. Very in point with my, a, a big thought I have. So the third one, yes, dependence, right? Mm-hmm. So stress comes from dependence. Mm-hmm. Try not to depend on things in your life other than yourself mm-hmm. and enjoy the presence of others. Don't yeah. depend on them though. And I think that will make you a lot happier. I think a lot of people, if they depend on their wife, then their wife will upset them for something mm-hmm. or let them, you know, you know what I mean? Like, right. so it's better to work as a, as a team instead of like a independent, like this person is not a consultant or contractor for you. Right. Your friends are not those people either. Right. Don't depend on them, just enjoy them and get whatever you get from them. And you know, and and give that same to them, right? And uh, so you, there's less output there, right? Yeah. I think that's important. Okay. I think we put out way too much. Yeah. At times. Okay. All right. Well, Adam, thanks for hanging out with us on the OPP. Yeah. Thank you guys Thank for you listening. Much. Make sure you guys go to naturalstacks.com. You'll be able to see the blog post for this. We'll have all the links to everything that Adam talked about. Go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like this show. If we read your review on the air, we will hook you up with free Natural Stacks products. And also, if you're listening to this and you have a friend around you, grab their phone, subscribe them to the OPP. That helps us out a lot, and we'll be very grateful. Share the OPP. If, if you Sharing listen, means caring, man. Yeah, if you listen to this and it helped, if you liked what Adam said, share this with your friends. You know, Send them the link, send them the notes. Say, hey, you got to check this one out. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Boom.